Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hello, everyone. I am Dr. Lisa, and you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by on Transformation Talk Radio. Stay with us for the next hour and let us help you experience how to thrive in your everyday life. Everyday people can do extraordinary things, right? Do you think that your experience in daily life are one of spiritual promise? It just may be so. You never know what your light will bring to yourself and to others, especially nowadays where it's really scary out there. People are frightened. They don't know where to go or who to talk to. The pace of life is, can be really challenging, and we could all use some more tools to focus on peace and living in our society. Well, you are in for a special treat. My guest today is Reverend Dr. Amy Cox. She's a priest, a parent, and a policy scholar discovering the dance steps to life, according to her Twitter. Thank you for coming on this show, Amy. Can I call you Amy or should I call you Reverend Amy? You're welcome to call me Amy, and it's a pleasure to be here. Your example of living, daily tools and living are an attraction to me, and I'm so appreciative that you've decided that you would come on the show today. Thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Could you give the listeners a little more information about you? I mean, a priest, a parent, and a a policy scholar. Tell me more information and how you became, excuse me, how you got on the path you're on. Well, it's true. I, um, there's a nice alliteration there with all the P's, but, um, but I am, um, I work in a secular job um, and I am an ordained Episcopal priest as well. So what does that mean? Um, I direct an office of research at a state agency, a state government agency, and uh, we do research and data. We do um, the the empirical number crunching that has to do with trying to advance uh, public policies. Um, and before that, I worked at a policy think tank and did similar kinds of things um, so that our our laws and policies might be based on sort of the best information that we can have available and might become uh, more just and more useful and more effective. Um, And at the same time, I'm also an ordained Episcopal priest. So that means that I um, have been uh, recognized and educated and trained and formed by the Episcopal Church uh, to be a ministry leader um, and a pastoral presence and um, a a focal point to try and um, do the work of the church in our world today. Um, And I balance both of these things with um, 
the parts of my life that are not about professions, uh, but about family. Uh, and I am um, a proud parent and step parent and um, and aunt and sister and all of those things really um, inform each other in my work. They're very intertwined. They're not, um, even before the pandemic, when we had more boundaries between work and, um, and uh, weekends or uh, daytime and evening, uh, they're all informing each other in my day-to-day -day living on a regular basis. Wow. Um... And that's, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you today is because you live a life that is influenced by many different things. And within all of those different areas of your life, um, I don't think that I heard you say that you were married, though. I am. I am. <laughs> I am a wife as well. Um, yeah, that should have been in there in that family relationships. Um yeah, it is. Um, and relationships are such a, such a good example of why all of our lives are intertwined, right? Because um, relationships are the places where we practice all of these things. We don't live a theoretical life. We live a life in relationship, in relationship with our spouse, in relationship with our uh, children in relationship with our friends in relationship with our boss or our coworkers. Um, and that is where we, uh, have the most, some of the biggest rewards and some of the biggest challenges, um, to try and live out our values. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And so how did you get, I mean, so you finished all your academic career and then you went into the priesthood. I, I happen to know you, so I know that this is true. This is true. And, um, you know, it was interesting. There, I was in my last almost year, about year of, um, of graduate school. Uh, I became a, uh, I was in graduate school getting a PhD in sociology. And that's a six-year journey and I was in my last year of it and I was struggling and I had um I had a spiritual experience that was very otherworldly and um that said you know I know you're struggling now but but don't um don't fret in this struggle you the longer term plan is also for you to be a priest. This PhD is not the only part of your, of your um, future. And I want to speak to that for a moment, because I have great appreciation and empathy for people who are atheist or agnostic, because in many ways in our sort of post-enlightenment society, um, there, it's very easy to be discouraged about the spiritual structures that are out there, um, the church and other structures, and very easy to think that um, 
you know, this idea of a spiritual life is crazy. Um, and if one has never had striking spiritual experiences, it is very easy. It is even easier to have those thoughts. And for me, I haven't really had that, um, that choice in a way. There have been moments in my life, some strong, like the one I just mentioned, and some much more subtle, where it was very, very evident to me in a way that I could not even begin to argue with, that there is more than what we see and taste and hear and touch um, in this world. There is something bigger and beyond us. And so um, when I had that spiritual experience, it wasn't the first one I'd had, but it was one of the strongest. And it was very much um, the kind of thing you can't ignore. Um, but if you haven't had those, it makes sense in a way why it would all seem a little crazy. Um, so, uh, so I finished that PhD program and then eventually went on to seminary and became a priest as well, even though I was already in the, in the social science world. What a story, a scientist who becomes a priest. Wow. Um, and your talk of the spiritual experience, I love the way that you frame that for people who, um, you know, have not had spiritual experiences and I, I have had several and they have knocked me on on my butt so to speak like did this really happen and so um, this is a great time for a break you are listening to the Dr. Pat show talk radio to thrive by and me guest host Dr. Lisa and my wonderful guest Reverend Dr. Amy Cox who is a priest a parent and a policy scholar discovering the dance steps to life and help us helping others do the same. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will explore more about this fascinating subject. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. How do you feel? Just okay? Well, how about you tune in and get ready to be more with The Healing Hour with me, Doc Martin, every third Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I'm ready for your questions, and I can't wait to help you find the answers. Every month, we'll have a new live call-in show with innovative topics and a powerful hour of healing. To learn more about me, visit DrSharonMartin.com. See you there. I'm going to be here. You won't want to miss it. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Pat. I'm the host of The Dr. Pat Show. Is your life stressful and unfulfilling? Would you like to make changes but just don't know how? I want to recommend The Necktie and the Jaguar, fabulous book by Carl Greer. This is a memoir. It has questions that help us understand what our story is about, how to change it, and how to live a life that is so aligned with who we are. For more information to purchase the book, go to transformationtalkradio.com or go to carlgreer.com. Your own innate brilliance already lives inside of you. Come discover it so you can shine brightly in this world. Join me, your host, Adrian Cobb, Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern during Wild Magic on TransformationTalkRadio.com and get answers to who you are and where you belong. To learn more about me and the show, visit MyWildMagic.com. Again, that's MyWildMagic.com. We remember a time when you could simply form a thought and it would manifest. 
The harmony was forgotten, but it is returning now. The Power of Inspiration and Awakening Radio with Juliet Griffin on TransformationTalkRadio.com each second and fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific will take you on adventures through the heart and spirit exploring who we once were. This intuitive healer studied under the guidance of wolves, learning from their wisdom to master a higher frequency for a new state of mind. Visit OneTrueSelf.com. Join Jennifer Noel Taylor on the hit show, Quantum Touch Radio, supercharging your life on TransformationTalkRadio.com. You'll take a quantum journey as well as reveal powerful yet simple steps to create more abundance, better health, emotional and mental vibrancy, and happier relationships using universal quantum touch principles. For more information, visit QuantumTouch.com. We're back. We're back on the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by. And my guest, Reverend Dr. Amy Cox, who is a priest, a parent, and a policy scholar. But before we continue, we were just talking about your spiritual experience. Can you tell everyone, how could they contact you if they wanted to make a comment or say something about our talk today? How could they contact you? Well, I have a Twitter and an Instagram that are both... um... Uh, public, I, you know, I would say I'm not super active on social media, but I'd be glad to um, uh, put those that information out there. My Twitter is Amy G Cox, all one word at Amy G Cox, and my Instagram is Preach Amy P R E A C H A M Y. Awesome, awesome. So we were just talking about your spiritual experience, and you're a scientist who had a spiritual experience, and that. You were um, talking about that. That's how you came into the priesthood. And one of the things that I really admire about you is um, once you became a priest, you always seem to lean into hard topics. And the one that comes up for me, um, you're an advocate for those who can't um, speak for themselves. You um, seem to always lean into how do we be better, including yourself? You use yourself as an example. And what's coming up for me is when Ferguson happened. And can you talk about like, how do you um, have the courage to talk about things that are hard topics? Thanks for that question. That's a good question. Um, I think... um, well, let me say that I was formed as a priest at a a marvelous uh, parish in um, Southern California, All Saints Episcopal Church in Pasadena. Um, and uh, the former rector there, uh, George Regis, who um, has since um, passed away, uh, used to say, you should preach with, you should prepare your sermon with the Bible in one hand and the newspaper in the other. And that really, really resonated with me um, sitting in the pew before I was a, a priest, because I have, I had, and still have a strong um, passion for current events and the and the things happening in the world that are affecting people, um, and in particular the where injustice is happening in the world and where justice is growing in the world. Um, And so when he said that, it was very, um, 
almost comforting to me that this idea that um, the church is part of the world. It is not a separate entity. It's separate in the sense that in its best moments, it's an example to the world. Although, as we all know, there are many, many moments where it is not an example to the world. Um, but it is a part of the world. And so to preach and to preach with the newspaper in one hand and lean into those hard topics um, is, is really a calling for me. I feel an, an imperative to do that um, because I need the guidance and the hope and the suggestions and the direction of, of something greater than me to navigate all of those hard topics in the world. Um, and so when I'm preaching, when I have a, a Bible passage, I'm always looking to see what happened that week or that day and what can it, what First, I have to unpack that Bible passage. They were written at different times for a whole different society with a different set of values that was primarily farming. And I have to make sense of what the passage even means and then, and then wrestle with, well, how can that help me with Ferguson or climate change or the Me Too movement, or the list goes on and on and on, the pandemic currently, um, of course. Um, so how do I lean into those hard topics? Because I, I need to lean into those hard topics. Wow. Yes. Um, we we all do need what you're what you're describing, and at the same time, we don't all speak up. Like that, you're called to speak about injustices. I mean, when I was there, when you preached on Ferguson, and it was a primarily European American congregation, and um, I think people were a bit shocked. Yeah, I think that, um, and it was before George Floyd, so there was less racial awareness at the time. Not that there was none, but there was less. Um, you know, uh, I remember one time, I remember that sermon and someone saying, thanking me for the courage. And I thought, huh, that kind of surprised me because in a way, it was courageous, right, to talk about racism in a primarily, in an almost exclusively uh, white European American context. And at the same time, it wasn't courageous because it was, um, it was what was in front of us. I mean, it was what was happening. How, I mean, how could I not, right? Um, or like after the, I remember I was on deck to preach the Sunday after the horrific pulse um, the, the, the massacre, the mass shooting at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando. Um, 
And how could I not talk about that? I mean, we were all grieving it and to ignore it, to ignore the, the devastation happening in Fer Ferguson, to ignore the life that had been taken um, is to stick our head in the sand. And that is not that I don't want to also stick my head in the sand. Let me say that. Like I, <laughs> I, I get overwhelmed regularly by the work in front of us to do by the news um, regularly. And, uh, and so the impulse not to look at it <clears throat> is an impulse I also, I also very much appreciate. Um, and I think we have to, we have to be judicious. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to have a community. We have to do many things in order to be able to not stay hiding from the things that are hard. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, and so what tips would you have for someone who's listening? You know, there's many challenges happening right now. And like I said before, when you go to talk or preach, you are very, um, there is never a time that you preach that I have seen or have heard that you don't talk about what we can do today. I, I just haven't seen it. Yeah, I, um, I really think people go to church for, for hope and for community and for um, yeah, for hope and for community, um, for lots and lots of reasons, of course, but those are common themes. And how do we have hope if we don't have an action to take? Otherwise, it's just theoretical, right? It's like, it's seeing God as a superhero who will come and save the day or something. But that isn't my experience of how God works very often. And so, the um, much more often, my experience is that we are we are part of creating and co-creating the world in an ongoing fashion, and um, as Sister Joan Chittister said, reclaiming the Garden of Eden an inch at a time, and mm -hmm. so having an action. So a, a, for me, I need that sermon to not only unpack what the Bible script, the scripture we just read, but then also to make sense of it for our life today, and then to, to give me something I can do to, to advance that love and healing and, and justice in the world. Um, you know, preachers talk a lot about love. Um, but you know, love in the public sphere is justice and that's not my idea. I think it's Martin Luther King's and probably other people's as well. Um, and so when we're, when we're working on trying to apply those lessons of scripture in our daily lives, they often have interpersonal, 
in those relationships again that I said at the beginning, interpersonal application, what can I do with this, with the people nearest to me? And they often have sort of community. Um, and by community, I mean both the individual church community, the national community, the global community, your state community. They have community application too. So, um, and no one person is supposed to fix it. It's not about that. It's about all of us taking actions that move the work forward. I love that. I love that. The collective we. Well, it's time for a break. Thank you so much. You're listening to Dr. Lisa on the Dr. Pat show, the talk radio to thrive by. We come back, we'll continue to talk about how to develop, develop our own personal hope with Reverend Dr. Amy Cox. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Did you know that when we talk about the Earth's ecosystems, the most important ecosystem has been left out? You, we created the ecosystem approach to recapture human potential. Find us at theecosystemapproach.org. Join us every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for the Ecosystem Approach Show with Jason and Patricia on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Healing has a ripple effect. One person's healing affects everyone around them. This is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important. Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. You're driven, and it totally shows. Your career is taking off. You're killing it in the mom game. But did your health needs make it on the plate this week? Tune in to the Boss Up Babe radio show, where Carissa Adkins helps babes show up, boss up, and thrive. Every second and fourth Tuesday at 12.30 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Become the boss babe you were meant to be. To sign up for one of Carissa's group coaching programs, visit 365dailyhustle.com. Parenting isn't about perfection. I think we all know that. Parenting is about being present and honest, having compassion for your child and for yourself, communicating consciously and loving unconditionally. Tune in to The Awakened Parent Project with Susan Dolce every first and third Tuesday at noon Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to be an empowered parent through the techniques of the conscious parenting community. To learn more about Susan, visit SusanDolce.com. It takes courage to step into your calling and go for your dreams. Sabotage monsters can get in your way, preventing you from reaching your potential. You can choose to struggle alone, or you can choose community and support, someone to walk beside you, meeting you where you are. If you are ready to make real and lasting change, Coach Christine Clark is here for you. Find out more about one-on-one coaching and group programs with Coach Christine at sunglowtransformation.com. Are you ready to branch out? Take a leap of faith. Tune in to Get Rooted Radio with Erica Gifford-Mills on TransformationTalkRadio.com to equip, empower, and enlighten yourself. Erica will energize and excite you to power up your passionate dream that sets your soul on fire. So get fearlessly ready and get powerfully rooted in your yes to live it up, love it up, and let it go. Visit GetRootedRadio.com. We are back on the Dr. Pat show with me, Dr. Lisa. 
Talk Radio to Thrive By. And we have Reverend Dr. Amy Cox here talking about finding your spiritual walk within. Dr. Amy, or Reverend Dr. Amy, can you tell us where people could look for you or look for your sermons or look for things about you? Um, sure. Uh, you know, I don't have a website, um, although it's been suggested that maybe I put one up. If I do, I'll put it on my Instagram, Preach Amy, um, or on my uh, maybe on my Twitter. I would probably keep it really on the Instagram. Um, my Twitter is Amy G. Cox. So uh, if people wanted to contact me, um, they could certainly do so in those places. Thank you. Thank you very much. So we were talking about hard topics and um, I'm, and I know that I have um, been witnessed to, I have witnessed so many things that you have brought up from, um, from preaching about different things. So we may have like the prodigal son story and all these different parables, but at the end, you always have this like to do right now. And so I'm just wondering um, two questions. First, for people who are not um, involved in church, who are, we'll, we'll talk about them a little bit in the next section, uh, session, like, um, what do they do? They may be listening and say, well, I don't have that community. Like, what do I do? So that we'll talk about that coming up. But what are some of those, those nuggets that at the end of your sermon, there is always something for people to do. There's always an action step. And I heard you say, you take some kind of action. Action is hope. And we co-create in this world. So can, do you have any examples for our listeners to take away today? Well, I think there are a lot of them. And it's a, it's a really good question because I think that, especially in um, our sort of 21st century life, of social media, it's very easy to, um, you know, click like or share something or, um, and nothing changes, right? Like maybe there's a little bit more awareness, but um, probably not a lot more awareness given the way the algorithms uh, parse people into only seeing their own community anymore, people who like, think like them. And, um, and so what can we do that's beyond, you know, clicking the like button or the share button of the, the pithy meme. And I like a pithy meme just as much as anybody else. Um, but when, after I see it and laugh, well, what do I do then? You know, um, I think that, uh, something is always better than nothing. And that is an obvious thing maybe to say um, in the world of math, uh, we note that any number, no matter how small, is infinitely greater than zero. And so taking an action is the more important thing than taking the perfect action. So I would definitely recommend that listeners um, uh, not spend too much time deliberating. Um, you can always write your your government representatives this actually really matters um you can write your local representatives you can write your state representatives you can write your national representatives and 
someone reads those letters. Um, it's usually a staffer, but I will tell you that when they get a lot of communication around one area, they notice. Um, and yes, politics, especially at the federal level, are very, very partisan right now, and there are great, great divides. Um, and uh, having those speaking up in those ways, especially when multiple people do it, does make a difference. And it also makes a difference for you because now you're not hiding your head. Now, when I'm writing a letter, I'm taking that one action that keep, might be the thing that keeps me from despair about what's going on. Um, even if the result doesn't change, it has now kept me from despair. And that right there is an impact, right? Um, so that is always a possibility. Um, protests are also really useful actions. There's a lot of scholarship um, that over the course of history, you know, protests make change. Um, people get discouraged because it didn't change this thing right now. It didn't change this thing this year. Um, but I think last year's racial justice protests, um, particularly around Black Lives Matter and, um, and racism that members of the African-American community experience on a daily basis across all institutions in our society, not only um, the justice system, uh, have made a difference. They have made a difference. We see it all the time. It is the pushback we see. Um, it is the, the advancements that we see. But racism is a, is a topic of conversation and a topic of legislation in a way today that it was not two years ago. And that is the result of those protests. That is what is, is the result of. Uh, and there are many other examples. So those are two examples. Building community with other people are, is a really important action. Um, and how do we do that in lots of ways that I can get to in a moment, but building community is a really, really important piece of, of action because we can't effectively maintain our stamina um, by ourselves. You know, human beings are social beings. We are not, we may need alone time and restorative time, um, absolutely. And we are not designed to live in solitary. And we certainly can't maintain hope that way. The collective we. Yeah. And co-creating. And so if I'm listening and I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling great. It's, um, it's holiday time again. I, I don't have family or um, I'm, I'm afraid to have family over because of the pandemic and I'm, I don't know which way to go. I, I watch the news and every time I see it, it just makes me more afraid and a, a lower vibration every time. I don't see any, any hope out there. And if I meet people on the street, no one's smiling and, or saying, um, 
or welcoming to me, what, what would you say to that person? What, what, what hope would you give them? Um, I would say, first of all, remember that the, the news, many, many sources of news are money-making businesses and they have a mission um, and about news and journalism. And they also have an obligation to make money and they make more money when they get more readers, which they do when they spread more fear. So recognize that that is not um, the only perspective, right, is the one that you'll see there. So um, uh, diversify your, your news sources and, and, and bring some in that are nonprofit if, if you want to keep up to date. Um, but I want to address what you said, Lisa, about the discouragement and, and hopelessness, especially at this time of year, we have Omicron, we have, you know, the, the just the feelingly, feeling ne seemingly never-ending pandemic. Um, we have the holidays, which in a good year can just completely wreak havoc with people's hopelessness. Um, and loneliness, this is a real, these are real, real issues. I think the things to do that I would recommend to people who feel really disconnected and isolated and alone is to reach out to someone, anyone. It doesn't matter whom. It could be that college friend you can't remember anymore, that high school friend that hit you up on Facebook three months ago. It could be your neighbor. It could be, you know, your grandchild. It doesn't matter. But reach out to someone and spread a little bit of hope yourself. Fake it. It doesn't matter. You don't have to even believe it. Say, spread, spread something positive. Because what that does is it helps buoy you a little bit, right? So one of my favorite tools when I go to a party and I'm feeling uncomfortable because like I don't know the people and all of a sudden for whatever reason in that moment I feel like that high school freshman like socially awkward again is to go find someone and be of service. Just go find someone and be of service and you can do that within your home even if you can't go out because of the pandemic, you can text people, you could call people, you could write a card. Someone you know is sick or their family member is sick or someone just lost a family member. Get a card, write a card, doesn't have to say very much, stick a stamp on it and put it in the mail. That is the one thing that I would say more than anything, reach out. So many people are lonely and isolated right now and they think they're the only one and it's just not true. The other thing that I would say is to write a list with a piece of paper and a pen or a pencil, not in your head, but to write a list of three things that you're grateful for in that exact moment, in that exact moment. Those are two concrete actions. And the last one that I would say, so reach out to other people, write three things you're grateful for get outside and get in nature. It yes. doesn't matter what that means. I know it's winter. Get outside and like feel a cold icicle. Get outside, look at the sky. Get outside, awesome. put your feet on the ground, even if they're in boots. Something about being in nature shifts us. Yes. It happens 
every time to every person I've ever met. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Dr. Cox. Thank you, Reverend Amy. Where it's time for a break. We're hold on. You just got three tips. We'll be right back. Um, stay tuned. Have you been on life's roller coaster trying to figure out what to do next? Then join Greta, Lee, Yvonne, and the Realm of Beings each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Shake the dust off your wings and fly to the highest heights in your thoughts and actions. Express your greatness. Be a champion for yourself. And we'll see you there on Shifting Impressions Conversations with the Realm of Beings. Have you been on life's roller coaster trying to figure out what to do next? Then join Greta, Lee, Yvonne, and the Realm of Beings each Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Shake the dust off your wings and fly to the highest heights in your thoughts and actions. Express your greatness. Be a champion for yourself. And we'll see you there on Shifting Impressions Conversations with the Realm of Beings. Day-to-day living can be difficult in our world today. Most of us don't know how to live a peaceful, joy-filled existence. Learn how to break through these barriers and live a transformative life on Love and Light with me, Dr. Lisa. Every day living in peace. Every second and fourth Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. To work with Dr. Lisa, visit EducationThroughEngagement.com. Guess what? You don't need to wait until the new year to set new goals for yourself. Hi, I'm Joan Marlowe, the host of Awareness to Action, and I'm taking this concept to a whole new level. I've developed a program to take your awareness to action in 90 days. Let me introduce you to your day one. Day one can start any day you choose, so why not now? We will use powerful brainstorming, mastermind, visioning, and goal-setting techniques to open your awareness of what you really want in your life and take action with intention to get there. Choose to work with me one-on-one or in a small group. Let's connect, lift each other up, and hold each other accountable. I'm offering a free consult to design your program. Visit my site, peacefullyhealing.com, to connect with me, and let's find out when your day one will begin. Are you ready to get big and live your life out loud? Tune in to Get Big Out Loud Radio, exploring life through the lens of curiosity and compassion. With me, Carrie Knudsen, joining Dr. Pat live every second Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I will offer ideas to transform what you are thinking into conscious action. If you want to get big and live your life out loud, visit me at KnudsenSpeaks.com. We're back on the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by with me, Dr. Lisa. And I have my very special guest, Reverend Dr. Amy Cox, who is a priest, a parent, and a policy scholar, discovering the dance steps to life and helping others do the same. Dr. Cox, you've already told us we can find you on Instagram as well as Twitter. Um, any, anything else? Um, and how to find me? Yes. I think that's enough. Okay. <laughs> We've talked about so many different things. You've just given us tips on 
how to come out of despair or how to help ourselves by helping other people, by um, getting outside and by, um, what was the third thing? Uh, Writing some gratitudes. Writing some gratitudes. Those always are very useful. You also talked about, um, you know, participating and writing letters to local and federal, um, I guess, politicians, representatives, politicians about things that are are really bothering you. And what you said is like, once you get it out there, you're you're actually taking that action. You talked about action being a co-creation. And um, you talked about many, many things, but this is a summary if you just start listening. How about creating community? How do we create the community for living the dance of life? How does that happen? That is such a good question because we live in a world where we are both more connected than we have ever been before because of the internet and less connected than we have ever been before because of the internet. And then of course, now on layered on top of it is just this crazy time we're living in with the pandemic where, you know, we see little squares of people on zoom all the time, but we don't see them in person. And, um, and there's just something very two dimensional about that. And, uh, the disconnection that I think so many people feel today, um, is, has real consequences. It has real consequences for their health, their, their physical and their mental health. Um, and, uh, there was some really good research, important research that came out actually before the pandemic even that talked about the increase in loneliness in the last several years. Um, uh, And I say all this to let listeners know that they are not the only ones feeling this way Um, in those moments where they do or those seasons where they do they are not the only ones feeling this way Um, it is really a pandemic of its own sort happening in our world right now this disconnection and lack of community and the antidote of course is to have community right but how do we get there especially if we're already feeling alone and isolated I think that there's no one one recipe to do, um, but I encourage people to try out lots and lots of things. Um, and it starts really by just building relationships one at a time. And relationships, I think, are built best when people do things together. So being able to have uh, someone that you might go do something with builds that relationship. And then when you invite a third or a fourth person, now all of a sudden you have a whole community. What are those things that we might do? Well, maybe it's saying to someone, you know, I've always wanted to volunteer, you know, to do X, Y, or Z, but I, I've never really known how to start. Would you want to like investigate that with me or I've always wanted to write a letter to a member of Congress, but I don't even know how to start. Would you write one with me? What if we both wrote one or, um, uh, Hey, I totally cannot focus on this work anymore. Can we, I know we're still all working remotely, but could we take a coffee break together? Um, if we were in the 
you know, building together, this is when I would say, hey, let's go grab a cup of coffee. I totally can't even focus anymore. Um, or if you are working um, in person to say, hey, let's go grab a cup of coffee and just talk about stupid stuff because like my brain is fried. Um, you won't be the only person with a fried brain, you know? Um, I think it's part of why people are, it's one reason, not the only one, of course, but why people are so long, so drawn to professional sporting events because it feels like community even though I don't know these people, because at least we're all here at the game together. We're doing something together. And that's mm -hmm. really, I think, the, the underlying piece, the doing something together. Um, and, you know, I think also, and this is the case about change in the world and social justice, as much as it is about building community. My experience is that we do much better when we simply take the actions and focus on the actions and we don't keep grading ourselves. We don't look at the results. We let the results happen or not happen, but we keep taking the, the action and we focus on that piece. Because then what happens is sometimes those relationships build and develop and sometimes they don't but when I'm taking the action that will naturally happen as opposed to when I'm trying to focus on the results I so easily can get discouraged you know in mm -hmm. terms of church communities there is of course more option today than there was pre-pandemic with a lot of places having services online where you can kind of like check it out and see what it's like and see might this be a place I might try? Um, and I, that can be really useful. I would encourage people not to stay there forever, but to actually try out a place in person at some point. Um, Christmas can be a great time to do that because there tend to be a lot of new people there. So you won't feel qu quite so much like you're you know, like everyone knows you're new because there will be a lot of new people. You know, I can remember when I went back to church um, as a young adult and started to go regularly, I was going through a hard time in my life. And I used to go and sit in the back pew and just cry. And then I'd run out right bef before the service was over. And you can do that. Churches have seen that. You won't be the only one that they've ever seen that before. And, um, but, you know, when we do start to join a community, whether that's a community of volunteers or a community um, of a book group or a community um, uh, doing, um, you know, our office work or our or our four for salary or for uh, wages work, you know, how we have can build community in any place we're in. Um, and we do it by building relationships bit by bit and taking a risk and, you know, having, you know, a pocket, a list in your pocket, in your mental pocket of a couple things to talk about. No one wants to talk about the weather anymore. Like we're, we all talk about the weather. Don't talk about the weather. Like nobody, it, it's like, kind of like just doesn't go very far. So, you know, people can talk about, you know, um, the crazy thing their cat did. People can talk about the crazy thing in the news. People can talk about, you know, uh, thinking maybe I'm going to try a new habit. Do you know how to crochet? I kind of always wanted to learn how to crochet. Who do you, who do we know how to crochet? Um, 
and and building those relationships one at a time that is the thing that breaks down that isolation and builds up that community and and what i hear you saying is try try something you know dinner on zoom try to you know pick up that project where you're sending food to people who need it um you know send water to to people who need water and our country and other countries all of these things the service, the co-creation are part of the community, a community that you can build um, one step at a time. I cannot believe like it's almost time for us to be over. And it has been a wonderful, wonderful hour talking to you. There's so many wonderful gifts. You're welcome that were given to, uh, to our listeners who can take them and they could do them today. They don't have to wait to make their gratitude list in the moment. They can do that right now. And that's what I love about this, the practical things that you can do. And community is built on relationships. And by having a relationship with yourself and reaching that oak leaf out to your neighbor, to your friend, and just intentionally doing it over and over is is the way to start. Thank you, know, you Lisa, so much. Could I just say one thing here at the end um, to pick up on what you said? You can start wherever you're at. You can do deep breathing when you're waiting in line at the post office. You can write a gratitude list when you're uh, when you're procrastinating at work. You know, you can pray you when those. you're in traffic. You Thank know, you, you for those few ending tips. Gratitude list anywhere. Thank you. We're out of time. And it went so fast <laughs> that we, 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 we ended on tips. Thank you, Reverend Dr. Amy Cox, for sharing this great information about living every day using your gifts. And I want to thank you for tuning in to Dr. Pat's, to the Dr. Pat show, talk radio to thrive by. I had a wonderful time. I want to thank Dr. Pat for the honor of hosting her show. You can join me, Dr. Lisa, every second and fourth Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, 12 Mountain, 1 Pacific on living, love and light, living every day in peace. Have a great day. We will see you back here next time. Thank you, Dr. Cox.